Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Lorelai Weissel Labrizzi. And I'm Chris Delano, and that's all you're getting. That's it. It's just us today. Uh, we are, uh, well, I guess, I guess first news, um, like you're, we're still in the summer part, uh, but, uh, we are, so not, not as much magic news for story fans, uh, although we are, uh, in the middle of Commander Masters previews right now. We have a bunch of reprints with a bunch of fancy new art. It's really sweet. Um, and there's new flavor texts. And, uh, I think after, after this episode releases is when we're going to be getting the commander deck previews, which each of those have like 10 new cards. Um, so we have a there's going to be some like deep cut flavor nuggets. We'll have some episodes about flavor gems uh, mm-hmm. when the whole set is previewed. Um, that might even be next week's episode. Uh, no, one after, I think. Oh, one after. Gonna, yeah, yeah. We got to give some time for the, the, you know, us to cook up the flavor gems. I, I don't think the galleries go up until friday next week so we might not even have uh all of those anyway uh also if y'all didn't listen to it yet uh last week we had the story lead of magic the gathering roy graham on the show to talk about kind of uh wrapping up this phyrexian arc um where magic is going narratively in the future we didn't like give we don't have any like new information about Eldraine or Dixalon or what's after that or anything. Uh but kind of kind of the big picture uh motivations between desparking a lot of planeswalkers and invading the entire multiverse and so on and so forth. Uh so it's a great episode. Uh Roy is fantastic to talk to. Um had a lot of fun, had a lot of good behind the scenes info. So if you haven't checked that out yet, uh, please, please, please go listen to that. That was a uh, very good and informative episode for Magic Story fans. It's great for people who are into story, who are really invested and have lots of story knowledge. Um, But this week, we're not going to be talking to those people so much. Yeah, we are uh, continuing with some of our Magic Story 101 type episodes. Uh, We did a... uh, Two weeks ago, I think, we did the kind of where to start reading Magic Mm -hmm. Story, uh, which was, I guess, more of a, hey, these are all the the places you can read Magic Story. Here are the things that are generally relevant, uh, because Magic has the comic book issue of, hey, we've done serialized storytelling for what has essentially been a single narrative. Um, Not that we have the same characters and whatnot. For 30 years but we there hasn't been you know an entire uh retconning of the entire canon or anything um so things that were true 30 years ago are still true in magic story today most of the time and uh that can be daunting so that episode is kind of a, a guided walkthrough of where to start uh but we we wanted to pull down focus a little bit more this week and talk about planeswalkers who uh are ostensibly or uh, at points in history, I guess, uh, Magic's main characters, kind of the player analogs, um, players take on the role of a planeswalker, these powerful world-traveling mages who get in fights with each other. Uh, And so planeswalkers have been incredibly important to the story um, in the beginning of the game, uh, there were points where they were less important to the story, and Magic's main characters were all legendary creatures. 
and then planeswalkers got very important to the story uh and there were almost no legendary creatures being important for a while uh and now we're kind of balancing things out a bit mm-hmm. uh, i obviously can't talk too much about what planeswalker non-planeswalker important character breakdown is going to look like in the future um but we'll talk a little bit about that yeah uh later we we did mention in our in our last story 101 that a lot of planeswalkers lost their sparks which we'll talk about in a minute but just you know we're going to talk about a lot of names who are no longer planeswalkers and some of them are still going to be important to the story so having been a planeswalker is enough to make you important even if you got pruned yeah so uh there are a lot of planeswalkers in magic history uh we're not going to talk about them all today uh, we're going to cover major characters, some minor characters, some formerly major characters. Um, I think every Planeswalker who's at least been on a card is here somewhere. That's not true. No, I deleted a bunch of them from the list because there was like... Yeah, we don't... Way too look, many. I love Teversat. We don't need to talk about Teversat. Uh, but first, yeah. I think the, the important thing is to talk about what a Planeswalker is. And so... Magic at its core is a game about a multiverse. Uh, Every plane is its own dimension with its own world that has its own physics and people and cultures. Uh, And they are separated by the blind eternities, which is raw chaos. And for the most part, people can't move through this. Most people don't, you know, until very recently, didn't even know the multiverse existed. Uh, After the Phyrexian invasion, uh, Everyone kind of knows. <laughs> uh, and, and so historically, uh, the only people who could move from one plane to another either had some kind of portal technology or were a planeswalker. Uh, and and their soul contains what's called a spark, a planeswalker spark, uh, which is kind of like a piece of the blind eternities embedded in the soul uh, there's not a lot of, like, really concrete metaphysical information about what a spark actually is. Uh, I personally think magic is better for not fully mechanically explaining every little bit of every little cosmological world-building thing. Because it's really easy to get stuck on those definitions in the future. But, mm-hmm. uh, so the the, the idea is, is that, so, planeswalkers are born with a spark, um... And then at some point of emotional intensity later in life, that spark will ignite and they'll be whisked away to another plane. Uh, This is a very deadly process uh, because this is, you know, a a lot of most characters spark in their teenage years um, and get thrown into a world that may be incredibly hostile, might not even be survivable for them. Uh, And those that do survive this whole generally kind of traumatic process even if it wasn't trauma that caused the sparking to begin with uh go on to learn how to planeswalk and be planeswalkers it is it is an infinite multiverse with an infinite number of planes uh but we only have knowledge of like i don't know what was it like 60 something planeswalkers uh the multiverse is not infinite well it's but it's it's very 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 large But the point is that, like, there could be people sparking on planes all the time that just end up planeswalking to, I don't know, the plane of fire 
where they just start. It's just a place covered in fire and they immediately uh, die. There is a plane like that. It's called appropriately wildfire. Uh, it's where a lot of the yeah. streets on Dominaria came from because uh, wildfire, I believe, is one of the planes that has had common portal immigration uh, with Jamora. But that's not one on one stuff. Uh, so uh, planeswalkers, it used to be that when uh, magic started that planeswalkers were incredibly powerful they were essentially gods with the ability to wield reality and shape it as they wanted uh they were functionally immortal their physical bodies essentially were extensions of their willpower so you could cut a planeswalker's head off you could like rend them to ribbons you could incinerate them to a pile of ash and they could just reconstitute a lot of the time uh they could be killed but it's generally very hard and generally only done by other planeswalkers uh this caused a lot of problems narratively uh both in universe and out of universe out of universe it's very hard to tell stories when everyone is an omnipotent god uh in universe um planeswalkers caused a lot of metaphysical damage to the structure of the multiverse. Uh, and there was an event about 15 years ago now called the Great Mending, where um, a lot of planeswalkers sacrificed their lives to fix this damage, and the multiverse kind of metaphysically rearranged itself, and planeswalkers became a lot less powerful. Uh, so planeswalkers still existed, um, but... They were no different than any other mage, except they have the ability to uh, teleport from one plane to another. Um, and planeswalkers are still at that level. Um, another another big change with that was it used to be uh, you, as a planeswalker, could just carry people through the blind eternities or things or mm -hmm. summon things through it. Uh, so for a long time, there was a, a running issue of planeswalkers who would just pluck people from one plane and leave them in another. And that's how we got a lot of, uh, you know, different peoples all over the multiverse too, where it was just suddenly there's core on this plane and there are, uh, Loxodon on this plane because planeswalkers would just drop them off and leave. Um, no longer possible after the mending, the mending shut all that down. The only things that can cross the blind eternities are planeswalkers or non-organic matter, non-living things. Yeah. And so things continued like that for about 15 years. Uh, and uh, March of the Machine has just changed planes walking and, in, well, two things happened. Two big things happened with March of the Machine. The first is uh, the de-sparketing, because uh, we're not going to call it the Great Pruning, um, where most of the planeswalkers we know have lost their planeswalker sparks. Uh, the Phyrexian invasion damaged the structure of the multiverse, uh, whether from the invasion tree or the filigree Silex getting detonated in the Blind Eternities. Uh, and some kind of metaphysical rearranging happened again. Um, and now uh, a lot of Planeswalkers just don't have their sparks anymore. Um, and so the, for the purposes of this episode, we will mention... Uh, if a character has, uh, you know, if it's confirmed whether a character has their spark or not. Um, and, uh, a lot of them we don't know, and we'll mention that too. Um, and the other thing is that, uh, a bunch of, like, portals have opened up, 
uh, between planes called omen paths. So non-planeswalkers for the first time ever have a much more accessible way to travel from one world to another. And, uh, you know, again, can't talk about the future, how that is going to change what the texture of the multiverse looks like culturally on a plane. We'll see. Uh, what does that mean for what characters will be showing up for a story? We'll see. What does that mean for the makeup of Planeswalker versus non-Planeswalker characters who matter in a set story? Again, we'll see. Um, but, you know, I could say we got shown art and information about Eldraine and where Ashiok is a Planeswalker, Rowan and Will are desparked. They're all part of that story. So, uh, baseline expectation, probably expect things to be a little bit mixed uh, at some point. So Yeah, it's a whole new world. This is a great time to get started caring about Planeswalkers because there's only like a few of them mm -hmm. that we know of. And also like if you care about a Planeswalker character who got desparked, uh, there's still a bunch of Planeswalker cards for them. So you get to play them in your Oathbreaker decks. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we should uh, we should start uh, by talking about. So when Planeswalkers were first introduced as a card type, there were five of them. Uh, introduced in the set Lorwyn. And these were sort of the A-team, the first major Planeswalker characters, and they have maintained being major characters for the most part uh, since they were introduced in Lorwyn about 14-ish mm -hmm. years ago. Um, and so that thing, I think that's like a great place to start in telling people who Planeswalkers are and like what their deal is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the first one going in an order of Wooberg, white, blue, black, red, green, would be a Johnny Goldmane, the cat man, who uh, we're not allowed to talk about being a, a giant cat. So he's, he, but he is a Leonin. He is, he is a cat person. Uh, he comes from the plane of Alara. He sparked on the plane of Alara from, uh, I believe he was on Naya and sparked over to Jund was his first, his first planeswalk. Uh, yep. Uh, at this time, Alara, which is, uh, we have not been there in a very long time in story, but at the time it was five separate planes that were sort of converged into one uh, in the Great Conflux, as it is called. Um, and Ajani hopped from one to the other. He is a uh, Leonin who fought against Nicol Bolas, who was sort of the mastermind behind a lot of troubles on Alara. I don't want to get too much into it. Um, he uses soul magic. Uh, he was a friend of Elspeth Terrell, who he met on Bant, which was another one of the shards of Alara. She's another planeswalker we will mention. Um, and eventually he ended up joining the Gatewatch, which is sort of a group of planeswalkers who came together uh, around the set battle for Zendikar to fight against uh, Eldrazi and then later just any threat to the multiverse. Um, sadly, as we witnessed in... Uh, Dominar United, Ajani was completed, turned into a sleeper agent by Shieldred, uh, turning him into sort of a Phyrexian uh, with very few, um, at first, notable Phyrexian elements, but later very, very mechanical Phyrexianized. Um, but at the end of March of the Machine, he was de-Phyrexianized. He was uh, returned to his mostly old self. And that's where he's been left off. So he is still a planeswalker, still has a spark, and is still 
potentially a major character in the story going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's uh, not having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot of trauma. He has a lot of trauma. If you're interested in Ajani, uh, his whole background involves a lot of failing to save people, having friends die, uh, being forced to fight his own friends. That that poor cat has been through a lot. He needs a little snooze. Mm-hmm. Um, and next up we have Jace Balaran, uh, who's from a plane racked by civil war named Vryn, um, where uh, two major factions are fighting over control of an energy source uh, called Mage Rings, which channel mana, and it's a whole thing. Uh, he's a telepath, um, so he's a, he's a mind mage uh, and, 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 and an illusionist, uh, although knows a little bit of water magic, uh, which has come up in very small bits in his life. Um, he was uh, a real, he was bullied for having his weird mental powers, quote unquote, as a kid um, and uh, as a teenager was manipulated uh by uh a sphinx named alhamaret trying who was uh prolonging the civil war and profiteering off both sides and uh he was wiping jace's memory um and so jace after that uh loses most of his memory and is poor on the city plane of ravnica and starts working for this interplanar criminal organization called the Infinite Consortium, and uh, eventually accidentally becomes president of Ravnica. Uh, <laughs> starts to, as he ages and matures, starts to understand that, hey, actually, I have to start taking responsibility for the mistakes I have caused in the multiverse. Um, he helps form, you know, he's one of the founding members of the Gatewatch on Zendikar against the Eldrazi, who he helped release. Oops. Um, and uh, was part of that whole fight with Nicol Bolas, where he lost his memory again on Ixalan. Uh, and then he and Vraska started dating. Uh, Vraska's a Gorgon assassin. We'll talk about her later. Uh, he was also completed in this Phyrexian arc. And... Uh, current whereabouts unknown so we don't know if he's still a planeswalker or not uh we don't know what he did during the war he kind of just uh seemingly telepathically communicated with elish norn planes walked away and uh we don't know what happened to him uh yeah i hope we find out one day there's a lot of theories yeah there's not there's not really much to go off on there's a few like Things that people think are indicators of what might have happened, but we can't really say anything for sure. Um, Jace is one of the most storied characters in Magic, though. Um, He has essentially like multiple novels worth of story Mm -hmm. that you can go read um, between Agents of Artifice and uh, the Ravnica uh, Return to Ravnica story. Um, He's there's a lot for Jace to go read about. he is a fan favorite. A lot of people really, really love him. That's all I have to say about Jace. <laughs> I also love him. Yeah. What? How? Ha- yeah. Where is Jace? Is one of the big mysteries we were coming out of the most recent story arc with. So uh, that's exciting. Um, and next we have his ex girlfriend Liliana Vess, 
Uh, she would hate that I introduced her that way. <laughs> <laughs> she would kill you. <laughs> I think I think Liliana will kill you for that. Uh, uh, she is a necromancer from the plane of Dominaria, magic's old main central plane, uh, steeped in history. Uh, she's a couple hundred years old, but only looks around 30. Um, when she was a youngin, uh, but also, like, I think late teenager, uh, she was being trained as a healer um, while her father was fighting a war with uh, nefarious forces called skin witches in service. Uh, I believe they we later got confirmed that it is specifically in the war with the Cabal uh, from Otarica once they got to her place. Anyway, uh, she dabbles in necromancy while she's a healer. Um, and when her brother Josu is uh, fatally wounded in battle, she takes it upon herself to uh, listen to a mysterious guy named the Raven Man who just magically showed up to her in the woods and brew a potion uh, with this magical root to save Josu. And uh, actually, it just turns him into a lich. Uh, and so she sparks, shows up on the gothic horror plane of Innistrad, um, and in the time, uh, between that and, like, the next 200 years, spends most of her life just being an incredibly powerful necromancer. Unfortunately, after the mending, uh, planeswalkers are no longer immortal, and she lost a ton of power, so she loses her majestic necromantic might, um, although she's still one of the best necromancers in the multiverse, um, but she also starts aging. And so old lady Liliana Vess uh, is like, hey, this sucks. I don't want to die. I'm terrified of death. Um, and I still haven't found a way to save my brother. So, like, I can't die yet. Um, and so she makes a deal with four demons, uh, on each on different planes. Uh, and each deal imbues her with power and uh, returns her youth. Um, and... In exchange for this, uh, they kind of all own pieces of her soul and get to command her to do whatever. And so one of her demons uh, says, hey, go to this plane called Chandelar and fetch this powerful artifact called the Chain Veil for me. And she does. Uh, and it turns out the Chain Veil is an incredibly powerful object of necromantic horror um, that when she puts it on, lets her wield unfathomable power. Uh, at the cost of her sanity, her body. Like, when she wields the chain veil, her uh, her uh, demonic pact, which is tattooed across her body, starts bleeding. She gets very exhausted. Uh, there are ghosts inside the veil who scream into her brain. It's not a good time, but it gives her enough power to kill her demonic masters. Uh, and so she's like, hey, I can get out of these demon deals if the demons don't exist anymore, which <laughs> happens. And then it turns out the character who brokered those deals, Nicol Bolas, who we'll talk about in a bit. Um, the deals are all broken, which means her soul. Uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? The the contract becomes void. Yeah, no, there's like a clause it, in the contract yeah. where. The demon contracts fell through, which means Bolas claims her soul. And so uh, she acts as his general during his big villain arc uh, in War of the Spark. Um, 
where at the last moment she turns against him uh, and uh, attempts to kill him and uh, she defeats him. I think she, the right term is defeat. defeat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where she would have died if not for the sacrifice of Gideon Jura, who is another character at the time. Um, and afterwards, she goes to the hiding at Strixhaven College as Professor Onyx. Uh, and she has stayed there since uh, she was part of the Strixhaven defense in um, um, uh, March of the Machine. And why, technically, I think she is on the list of characters. We don't know if they have Spark or not. Yeah, I don't think it's been confirmed uh, if she does or does not. So be cool if she still does, because she's still a cool character. But also, mm-hmm. like, of all of the original Gatewatch, she has had a very good, complete arc. Mm-hmm. Her character arc has gone through. Uh, there are some, like, loose threads. But for the most part, she she could just be done, you know, in it terms defaults, of story. It defaults to Volus. Her soul defaults to Volus. Thank you, <laughs> yes. Heavenly Evan, in chat. Yeah, so she she could just be done. Because um, her, her narrative arc has had a pretty good cohesive line through with uh, the Strixhaven story where she is a major character, uh, sort of wraps up a lot of her, her feelings. And then the March of the Machine story shows that she has settled down pretty well as a professor and guardian of Strixhaven. So I love Liliana. She's one of my favorite characters. Same. Um, she's got a really rich history. Uh, also a very storied character. Probably has about a, as much story out there as Jace. Maybe a little less. Um, but she is very major character for the last 15-ish years. Um, but uh, probably literally the character with the most story uh, the most Planeswalker cards has been the face of magic for several years now is Chandra Nalar. Um, Chandra is the red Planeswalker of the original Lorwyn 5. She is a she was a member of the Gatewatch. Uh, she is from the plane of Kaladesh, uh, where she was hunted for her powers as a uh, pyromancer because turns out on a plane with, you know, a sort of unstable fuel source called Aether and a bunch of machinery being a pyromancer is very dangerous. Uh, she is confronted by a horrible, horrible, horrible person um, who tries to kill her. And even though she was just like a young child at the time, she was like 12 or something. Um, uh, Baral is his name. She uh, sparks instead uh, after her father has also been killed, leaving just her mother alive. Uh, and she runs off through the multiverse, ending up at uh, uh, a place called Ragatha at Coral Keep, where she is raised and trained as a pyromancer by Jaya Ballard, who we will maybe touch on later. Um, Jaya Ballard, very long history as a planeswalker, also uh, very dead right now. So she is uh, not very much in control of her powers or really her own self for the most part until she encounters Gideon Jura. Uh, in a novel called The Purifying Fire. Is it Fire or Flame? I always get those mixed up. Purifying Fire, yeah. Yeah, Uh, where she ends up sort of mellowing out a little bit over the course of the last several years of story. uh, She becomes more in control of her powers and herself. She joins the Gatewatch as one of the founding members on Zendikar, uh, along with Nissa Ravain, who uh, turns into a sort of Will they, won't they love interest for a while? And then finally in March of the Machine and uh, Phyrexia All Will Be One, they become a certified uh, couple. They are certainly dating. Um, 
she is uh Chandra still has her spark, but Nissa does not. And they are still uh off, as far as we know right now, traveling through omen paths, the last we saw them. Um, Chandra is a very, very powerful pyromancer. There's a lot to her story. I don't want to like get too in the weeds with it, but she has grown and changed a lot over the course of the time that she's been there. Uh, in terms of like notable character growth, uh, it's her and, in my opinion, Jace, who have changed the most since their introduction and uh, become sort of whole people with interesting thoughts and considerations and things of that sort. So that's a quick rundown of who Chandra is, because there's a lot. <laughs> She's got multiple uh, sets worth of stories, uh, shows up in a couple of different novels. Very important character. Yeah, I like her a lot. She's one of my favorites to write. Uh, she's very relatable. Uh, and then we have the the rounding out the Lorwyn Five, the kind of the initial planeswalkers, is uh, Garrick Wildspeaker, uh, who I think is the most minor of these five, although he's gotten some very good stories in the last uh, six-ish years. Uh, we don't know what plane he is from originally. We don't know what plane he sparked to originally. Um, but he grew up as a farm boy. Um, his father was a farmer. His mother was killed. Uh, and just in a living in a little town at the edge of the woods, but then an authoritarian uh, kingdom uh, tries to draft him into a war. Um, and he runs away into the woods and his father is arrested and using the little nature magic that his father taught him, he bonds with some of the beasts in the woods. And later in his life, after growing up in the woods and living with these beasts, he uh, marches back uh, and finds his father in a prison. And it's very traumatic. Um, and kind of fast forward and catch up with him just as an adult, Garrick Wildspeaker, the master hunter. Uh, he's like eight foot tall, even though he's a regular human. He's great. Uh, he, <laughs> while Liliana is looking for the chain veil on Chandelar, uh, she kills a giant monster that uh, Garrick has been hunting. Uh, and Garrick, who loves nature and hates witches that corrupt nature, is like, hey, screw you, Liliana. And they get a fight. Um, he gets cursed by the chain veil which corrupts his mind and his body. Uh, and he starts going on these savage rampages to kill planeswalkers. Uh, he is hunting Liliana Vest to take her head off her shoulders. And anyone who gets in his way is going to end up minced meat. And that's not great for a lot of different planeswalkers whose names are not <laughs> important because they exist solely for the purpose of getting mowed down by Garrick. Uh, and it's, it's been this way for a while. Uh, there's a point where uh, Jace implants a little magical device, uh, takes kind of this suppressing rock uh, called a hedron out of one planeswalker, Obnixilis, and puts it into Garruk to slow his transformation and help clear his mind a little bit. So it stops. Jace stops because uh, Garruk is like turning into a demon. Or it's implied to be turning into a demon. Um, stops the corruption's progression, but does not cure him. 
Uh, it's at this point where he falls under the uh, fairy thrall of a shape-shifting fey planeswalker named Oko and serves as Oko's bodyguard slash dog for a while because uh, Oko uh, has not great relationships to other people. <laughs> Oko, not a good guy. Not a good not guy. Really. He was actually, in fact, the villain of that set. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Garrick ends up getting cured on the uh, night and fairy tale plane of Eldraine um, by essentially Magic's version of the Holy Grail. And uh, cured at the corruption, he is a father figure to the twin planeswalkers Will and Rowan for a bit. Uh, their spark ignites in that story and he kind of follows them uh, and teaches them about the multiverse and like how to be planeswalkers and uh, for the most part has been off the record since uh, we know he dropped them off at college or I guess said I, I don't know if he specifically went to Strixhaven to drop them off but he said goodbye to them when they went to college um, and then that's when they parted ways. Uh, and, uh, we haven't really heard from him since, so we don't know if he's a planeswalker or not. Uh, I would love to get more Garrick. I love him as a character. Uh, everyone thinks he's big and mean, and yes, he is, but also he's a sweet, kind farm boy who, like, just wants to live in peace and have people respect nature, and, uh, I think he's great. Yeah, he has, he features as a, a pretty major character in some of the comics, especially Boom comics. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is sort of where he was relegated for a long time. But uh, hopefully he'll show back up in story soon, because I think there's a lot of untapped potential there um, for his character. He kind of they had a problem with mono green planeswalkers being kind of like too many of them all sharing the same mechanical identity. Um, but I think now is a good time if they're going to pull Garrick out uh, to give him some more story. So. Uh, after that Lorwyn 5, which were the first five introduced, um, there were technically four new Planeswalkers introduced in the next uh, block, Shards of Alara, of which uh, one of them was a longtime Magic character, Nicol Bolas, who we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, and two of them have been major players in the story since they were introduced, uh, starting with Elspeth Terrell, who is uh kind of was like the major hero of the march of the machine arc she was very very important for that whole storyline uh she began as a kid who on now we know as capinna uh was trapped in a phyrexian dungeon her planeswalker spark ignited and she ran off to bant where oh i think she, first she went to theros and then to bant uh point is is that she was always looking to find home again because the home she knew was corrupted in turn you know turned upside down by Phyrexians. Uh, she has encounters with a Johnny. She meets uh, a planeswalker named Koth, who ends up being from Mirrodin, where she goes to try and fight Phyrexia again. Uh, she, Her whole thing is angelic magic. She was always very angel-based, and uh, later on becomes Archangel Elspeth herself. Um, she is the main character for the Theros block set of stories. Um if you're interested in reading about Elspeth, there's a lot there. Uh, she's also the main character of the new Capinna stories, the one of the major characters in 
the March of the Machine stories and uh, the Brothers War story, actually. She shows up quite a bit there. Um, she is probably had her like the longest arc of any planeswalker um and that her story really began with her first introduction and finally has concluded with march of the machine uh she is no longer the elspeth we knew she's become angelic uh, she's literally become an angel yeah yeah i am curious uh how much Elspeth's story is going to get told in the future and uh, excited to see more exploration of what she is like post this transformation. Uh, she, I believe, is confirmed to still have her spark. I don't know if we have confirmation. It would be kind no, of she, weird. She, she left before Aftermath. Yeah, yeah, okay. So she does. She either still has a spark or has some way to travel the multiverse still. Well, we don't um, know. Vote she we, know the, we know the spark yeah. loss was um, gradual mm -hmm. in the weeks following the invasion. Uh, so I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I guess technically she's not confirmed. Uh, we are also mm -hmm. not confirmed uh, uh, about Tezzeret, who was God. He's uh, he's he's been the villainous lackey for fifteen years. Uh, good for him. He has survived uh, multiple <laughs> terrible bosses. Uh, he grew up in one of the shards of Alara Esper, uh, a plane, uh, I guess it was a subplane that's now united with the rest of Alara, uh, where people replaced their body parts with a magical metal called Ethereum. Uh, unless you were really poor, then you didn't get to do this because you're poor and poor people don't get Ethereum. Tezzeret, who was poor and had an abusive family, um, had a calling it a chip on his shoulder i think is wrong i think there's just a huge gash there uh and he <laughs> takes it personally um and so he scavenges a bunch of ethereum uh or enough ethereum to make an arm for himself uh and he studies he's very cutthroat studies with a lot of people uh and works his way to the pinnacle of his society and then he finds out that it was all for nothing the secrets to making new Ethereum he thought he would discover is actually just blank pages. Um, Furious, he planes, he spark ignites, and he is whisked away to the feet of Nicobolus, the Elder Dragon, who becomes his master. Um, and so Tezzeret's really important in Jason Liliana's early story in the Infinite Consortium. He uh, Tezzeret runs that interplanar criminal network for a while uh, after he kind of wrestles control of it away from Nicol Bolas. Um, Jace beats his ass and Bolas rebuilds <laughs> him. And then he spends like the next 10 years doing odd jobs for Bolas to uh, get his plan for multiversal domination ready, uh, including having a portal, uh, the first portal ever to be built post-mending, uh, implanted in his arm. Um, and when all the heroes start fighting against Nicol Bolas, he's like, yeah, okay. And shuts down the portal and leaves. He's like, you're killing my boss, and that's just good for me. Uh, and then he spends the Phyrexian arc transporting Phyrexians all over the multiverse because they can build him a dark steel body. Dark steel is an incredibly difficult to forge metal that is impervious to damage, completely indestructible. 
Uh, and Tezzeret, who uh, has the ideal of being a metal man, is like, hey, this is good. I know Phyrexia sucks, but I, if I get what I want, then I can be a major player. Um, and so he does a lot of double-crossing, playing both sides of the Phyrexian invasion, gets his Darksteel body, escapes, and uh, finds a safe house and to, to outlast the Phyrexian invasion, which he hopes the heroes will stop. Um, and so we don't know what he's up to uh, or if he's still a Planeswalker, but he's been a major player in a lot of storylines since uh, his creation, and uh, I would love to see him actually get villainous respect in the future. Um, I'm very excited if he gets to return and do things, because I think he is a really fun character. He is. Uh, he has. He plays a large role in uh, Agents of Artifice story, uh, and he has a novel. But don't don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, there's there's a novel called Test of Metal that is about Tezzeret, and it is the canonicity of it is dubious at best. Is a way to put it. Uh, it um, it's canon, but it mostly happens like inside Tezzeret's head. Yeah, that's that's what we we got established. Thank you, Reinhardt, for canonizing things correctly <laughs> in a way that works. Yeah, he so uh, Elspeth and Tezzeret were introduced in Shards of Alara. Uh, there was also another planeswalker named Sarkinvol. His whole thing is dragons. He plays kind of a minor part in some of the stories. Um, still an important planeswalker, but not worth really talking that much about <laughs> um but he is sort of the dragon planeswalker he is he is confirmed he sparked on the plane of tarkir which is covered in dragons to, to be clear he's a human he is all yeah. he is horse girl but for dragons um that is the best way to describe him yeah uh yeah. so so i think we're at the point where we're moving on to the kind of minor planeswalker characters um who have either characters who are no longer important or even possibly important <laughs> uh or who might be slightly important yeah. or who have historically been slightly important um so what can you even say about nickel bolus oh i can say lots of things about nickel bolus i am a nickel bolus fanboy but we don't have infinite amount of time in the podcast so what i will say about nickel bolus is that he is an elder dragon from the plane of dominaria uh he when I say elder, I mean ancient, ancient dragon, uh, possibly the oldest or, well, tied for the oldest planeswalker that we know of. Um, he had a really rough childhood, is one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, got real jealous of his brother, whose planeswalker sparked, and uh, or planeswalker spark ignited. So then Bolus's spark also ignited. Uh, and he um, is kind of a tyrant. He's basically his whole modus operandi his entire life has been be a tyrant. Uh, he commanded the Empire of Madara on Dominaria for a while. He was one of the only survivors of the Elder Dragon Wars. He was ruthlessly cut down by one of his own people uh, and died, but was uh, his soul was trapped in the meditation plane and was released by Teferiakosa. Uh, and he eventually enacts a very long plan to become a godlike planeswalker once again after the mending. Uh, some of the coolest storytelling in Magic's history, in my opinion, was the build-up to Nicol Bolas's final plans. Uh, he is defeated, again, with you know Liliana Vess uh, being a big part of that, and uh, was de-sparked 
the hard way back before the great uh, desparketing when his spark was literally ripped out of his body. Uh, he was whisked away to the meditation plane where he is trapped forever by his brother. Yeah, he got desparked before his cool. Uh, his brother <laughs> is Ugin, the spirit dragon, who's another elder dragon and also tied for <laughs> oldest known planeswalker. <laughs> um, Ugin is most notable for creating the five elder dragons of Tarkir, uh, which is a plane where these five draconic broods uh, kind of vie for control of the plane uh, with their humanoid uh, minions isn't the right word. They have the humanoids and the dragons have various relationships depending on the brood. Uh, some are considered family. Some are practically slave labor. But um, he's currently, uh, you know, we don't know if he's a planeswalker or not. And he is currently uh, the prison guard watching over his brother so that he does not escape. Um, Ugin is very stuffy and long-winded and precise. Uh, I, li I like him a lot. He's very hard to write, but he's very fun. Um, all right, next we have Raska, Raska, Ralzarek. God, putting those next to each other's heart. Uh, and Kaya. <laughs> Uh, who are three planeswalkers who have gotten a lot of story together. Uh, they have been very important characters in the last five or six years uh, on Ravnica. Uh, Raska and Ral are from there. Kaya is not. Um, but all three of them have been guild leaders uh, for one of the ten guilds. Uh, Raska is a Gorgon who saw a lot of discrimination. By saw, I mean, like, experienced, like, was beaten in a prison. A kind of discrimination as a child uh, who then became an assassin uh, who then became queen of her guild um, and then became a Phyrexian and now she's disappeared and she's kind of status unknown. Uh, there was like a break in her resume there where she was a pirate captain. Yeah, but... and fell in love with like a guy she tried to kill named Jace Bellerin. You know, it's whatever. Yeah. Ral Zarek is uh, gay, which is important because uh, he has a husband uh Tomic Verona, who's a lawyer, and uh, Ral is a lightning mage, loves experiments, runs the Is It Guild, uh, big personality. He's a lot of fun. Uh, he's he's a he's an f around and find out kind of guy. <laughs> we don't know if he has a spark or not, but he's like never left Ravnica anyways, so yeah. I don't know if he knows if he has a spark or not. Uh, and Kaya is a assassin uh, who can turn herself part ghost. She's like Danny Phantom. Uh, she's the Danny Phantom of magic. Uh, and so she she makes herself into a ghost with her knives to fight other ghosts and uh, accidentally kind of became the leader of the Orshav Guild and is in a whole bunch of legal shit. Uh... <laughs> There's a lot of red tape surrounding her political position on Ravnica, uh, and it's uh, a lot of uh, obfuscated legalese that she doesn't understand. Uh, but she joined the Gatewatch during after War of the Spark uh, and has a prominent role in the Phyrexian storyline as kind of a team leader uh, who's as the uh, she's kind of Han soloing her. Uh, I'm a I'm a hired gun and now i'm like a big damn hero and so we, we've seen her do a lot of those moves um she's also unconfirmed i think in terms of spark 
and uh yeah she's fun i like her i think the the assumption is that she has it because she did leave Zalfir, but we don't know necessarily i think wait was she confirmed to still have it it's yeah it's up in the air still as far as i'm aware um i want to say she was mentioned having her spark still but i'm not certain i don't remember um if we see her again we'll obviously find out uh ashiok you know who still has their spark yeah ashiok still has their spark ashiok is a gender unknown nightmare creature with no face uh their whole thing is that uh they reach into your mind and pull your nightmares out and make them alive and feasts on your dreams and crap like that uh ashiak sees themselves as an artist uh that uh they are doing work that is beautiful uh and and they they have their primary drive is to create beautiful art which just happens to be animating people's nightmares uh so uh really 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 excellent character maybe my favorite character in all of magic to write uh we're gonna see them again soon in eldraine um but they've kind of been a sideline character for like god almost 10 years um and uh but they'll pop up every now and then uh i really like them yeah we also have the uh, the Innistrad twins. Uh, they're not twins. Um, they're two Innistrad planeswalkers. Uh, Arlen Kord, the werewolf, and Soren Markov, the vampire. Uh, that's what they are. That's what they do. Um, they both have pretty rich histories on Innistrad. Uh, Soren Markov was a member of uh, a group of planeswalkers ages and ages ago. Um, also one of the oldest planeswalkers we know of who helped seal away the Eldrazi on Zendikar. Uh, it was Soren Ugin. And uh, Nahiri, who we are confirmed no longer has a spark. Um, other than that, though, he is mostly stuck to Innistrad and his stories take place for the most part on Innistrad with like a couple little trips to, you know, Zendikar and Tarkir. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's an old broody uh, vampire with a lot of uh, daddy issues. And Arlen Cord is a really cool older werewolf lady uh, with a bunch of wolves. Uh, let's see, from Kamigawa, which is kind of a cyberpunk Japanese anime Shinto world. Um, there's the Wanderer, uh, who we have confirmed does not have a spark anymore. Uh, she is the Emperor of Kamigawa, which is why we don't get to know her real name. She has uh, previously been a just a wandering swordswoman uh, who is now kind of back home and who can do her thing. Um, and Kaito Shizuki, who we don't know if he has a spark, but he's a ninja, uh, he's a childhood friend of the Wanderer, uh, and he has a little Tanuki drone companion, uh, named, uh, Himoto, uh, but who he calls Pompanchan, uh, and Kaito is a lovable scamp, and I, he's great. Yeah, they're the samurai and ninja of... Kamigawa, which is a plane known for samurais and ninjas. Uh, we also, a very important character we would be remiss to not mention, uh, who is now dead, kind of. Um, Rin, who was a dryad planeswalker. Uh, long story there about how she became a planeswalker, her history with uh, different trees that she has walked the planes with. Um, her big story moment came with the Phyrexian arc, and specifically with... Uh, March of the Machine, where she 
and Chandra went to Phyrexia, and uh, Rin kind of bonded with Realmbreaker, the Phyrexian world tree, uh, and was the the major leading cause for the uh, failure of the invasion in a lot of ways, because she kind of shut that down. Uh, she bonded with the tree and helped bring Zalfir into the multiverse once again, uh, pushing Phyrexia out of it, uh, and in the process died. But she did leave behind a little acorn, which Teferi has planted and is uh, growing today. So she's kind of alive, kind of dead. We, are, we don't um, not really know. likely to show up in stories. Um, yeah, her her fate is kind of really open ended. If if Watsi wants her to be dead forever, then she's dead forever. If Watsi wants this new plant to sprout a new wren, then it will. And uh, however that goes, that goes. Um. And then uh, we have a brand new Planeswalker who sparked during March of the Machine, Quintorius Kand. Uh, he's a Loxodon from uh, the college world of Strixhaven. I guess of Arcabio. Strixhaven is the university there. Uh, Quintorius is an elephant guy. Uh, he's an archaeologist. He is a huge nerd. Uh, he's very sincere and helpful and kind, and I love him. And uh, So... I hope we get to see some exciting adventures with him. He is delightful. Um, and confirmed desparked characters who historically have been major characters. Uh, although some of these are a little bit more on the minor side. Uh, Nissa Ravane. She is an elf from Zendikar. She is one of the original Gatewatch members. Uh, she has a long history with the Eldrazi. Helped defeat Nicol Bolas. Uh, got Phyrexianized and rescued. Uh, and is now dating Chandra. Uh, she's she's confirmed not a uh, planeswalker anymore. Uh, there's Koth, who is from Mirrodin, which became New Phyrexia. Um, he is not a planeswalker anymore, uh, but he's a geomancer uh, who so he controls rocks and magma and stuff. Uh, who is now kind of displaced as part of this diaspora on Shalfir, uh and is struggling with that. God, Karn. I don't know how you summarize Karn. He's a golem made of <laughs> silver, uh, so he usually shouldn't be a planeswalker, and how he is was a planeswalker is complicated metaphysical stuff that a one-on-one or a one-on-one episode is shouldn't really be talking about. Uh, but he was a planeswalker for a long time. He created Mirrodin, uh, which became New Phyrexia. Um, so he gave up his spark to save uh, Nyssa and Ajani in March of the Machine, and has kind of defeated the evil that he helped bring into the world uh, and is kind of finally at peace, resting a guilty conscience. But uh, he is an old, old magic character. He's been in stories since the late nineties. Um, so if he, he's mostly a gentle giant character who is very sad. And if that's the kind of character who appeals to you, uh, there's just a plethora of content to, yeah. to explore. He was major character in the Weatherlight Saga. He was a uh, major character in a lot of stories. The uh, He most recently was the feature character of Dominaria United, where he was sort of like the center of the story. Um, there is a novel called Quest for Karn. Don't need to read it. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> um, let's see. Nahiri, uh, she is a core which is a humanoid species uh, with, like, ashen-white skin and ash-white hair, um, very thinly built and lithe. Uh, the, some of them have these tentacle chins. Um, 
She's a stone forger, which means she can, like, pull fully formed swords out of rocks, which is rad as hell. Uh, she is from Zendikar, uh, and is, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of years old, um, and has been a hero, has been a villain, has been an anti-hero. She has been a complex character. She has uh, been desparked after being Phyrexianized, uh, and she has sealed off Zendikar from the rest of the multiverse, because she thinks people should stop coming to her house and screwing things up. Yeah, and then uh, another really important character we cannot miss is Teferi Akosa. Uh, Teferi is also one of the oldest planeswalkers, not nearly as old as Nicol Bolas and Ugin, but uh, in the, the grand scheme of things, pretty old. Um, he started his life as just a guy on Dominaria, just a kid in Jamura and Jafir. Uh, he was recruited by Urza into uh, the Tolarian Academy, where he learned a lot about magic. A uh, lot, lot of stuff happens to him there. Point is, at the end of the day, he uh, becomes a planeswalker. And when Urza is like, hey, you should take the entire nation of Zalfir and use them to fight Phyrexians. Also, they will all be destroyed. Um, Teferi said, no, thank you, and phased out Zalfir, uh, meaning he took the entire sort of subcontinent of Zalfir, the area of Dramora that it occupied, and took it out of existence um, to protect it. Uh, well, then the mending happened, and uh turns out he could not put it back anymore, leaving Jalfir kind of lost forever, uh, causing Teferi to be uh, very guilty <laughs> and uh, uh, suffering a lot with the fact that he sort of just took an entire nation and disappeared it. Um, he spends the rest of his life so far just trying to return Jalfir uh, and manages to do it with the help of Ren in the March of the Machine story. Um, there is a lot of Teferi's story out there. He is a major, major character in the Time Spiral story where he helps uh, in the mending. He is a big player in the Dominaria 2018 story, the Dominaria United story, the Brothers War story. Uh, if you like Teferi, they have given a lot of Teferi recently. So definitely recommend reading all of Teferi's stories. They have been just so good. Um, him and Rin are the main characters in the Hugo Award-nominated story, Tangles. So, like, so much good Teferi writing out there. Uh, he is now confirmed desparked. He is on Jalfir. I think he's pretty happy. Yeah, uh, then we have Obnixilis and Tyver Kell. Um, Obnixilis was a demon who is tied to, tangentially, to a bunch of different plot lines, uh, but has never been, like, a major magic villain. Uh, he's a demon who's currently desparked on the 1920s New York plane of Nukapenna as a mobster. Uh, and Tyver Kell was an elf that we had met recently. Um, he's a young himbo um, who, uh, from the kind of Norse mythology plane of Kaldheim. Uh, he is no longer a planeswalker, uh, but he's pretty focused on trying to get his people to be gods again because the elves of Kaldheim feel very cheated out of godhood by the current gods who fought a big war and essentially took godhood from the elves, and it's a whole thing. Um, and then we have uh, Will and Rowan Kenrith, who are uh, the twin knights who we mentioned earlier in Garrick's section. Uh, they're from Eldraine. They'll be in that story upcoming, so they're about to be major characters in a major magic set. Um, they are desparked. 
Uh, and yeah, honestly, we'll, we'll have like a whole episode about yeah, them, yeah. basically. Yeah, pretty when, soon. When when we get closer to Eldraine, we're gonna do like a whole bunch of Eldraine catch up stuff. Maybe some mustard stuff. Whatever we do, I, I hope you relish it. Um, oh my god, horseradish sauce. I don't have a pun for that one, but we got to keep it going. Uh, honestly, Chris, I think this is where we should end it. Yeah, yeah. So there's like a ton of Planeswalker characters. We we have not covered all of them. There's probably like a good 15 or, or 20 more that we haven't even talked about. Um, highly recommend if you find a Planeswalker that you think is cool, find them on the wiki and you can probably find a good list of you know stories to read about them. Um, but yeah, so I think that's where we should wrap it, though. Yeah. Um, so Planeswalkers are essentially, to, to kind of wrap up, uh, they have the ability to freely move throughout the multiverse. Anytime they want, they can go from one plane to another. Uh, everybody else currently is confined to, hey, if there's an omen path, you can make an arduous journey through it. Maybe you can come back one day. We don't know. It depends on the specific omen path. So for the most part, people stay home. <laughs> Uh, and planeswalkers get to wander around. Uh, but otherwise, they're just mages like normal people um, who are mortal and uh, get into a lot of trouble. Trouble follows them like mm -hmm. packing peanuts on static cling cats. Um, I like planeswalkers. Uh, that's going to wrap. So I guess it's final thoughts time. Because that kind of yeah. wraps the episode. You got a final thought? My final thought. I'm finally going to read This is How You Lose the Time War. Because I have borrowed one of my partner's copies. Which is uh, exciting. Excited. I don't read books a lot. But I have been. Yeah. I could. I have a processing disorder. Which makes reading novels very difficult. Uh, I have been advised by numerous people who are aware of my difficulties who said you will probably be able to read this and i figure why not i'm gay i like stuff i like <laughs> yearning it comes highly recommended from bigalus dickalus the trigon stampede super fan on twitter so <laughs> can't can't ignore bigalus dickalus um i love that book so much it is really really good i'm excited for more people to read it uh soon i am doing a quick reread of the book Red, White, and Royal Blue uh, because the movie is coming out on Amazon and it is, I want to say, trashy, pulpy romance, honestly, at the end of the day. Um, I, as a person who hates the U.S. government and thinks all monarchies are bad, uh, should not be enjoying reading a book about the son of the President of the United States and the Prince of England, but, you know, it's fun. The book's so not that's real. That's where I am right now. Yeah, book's not real. Book's not real. Um, but it is a fun read if you like that kind of stuff. You know, enjoy it. Um, definitely recommend it. The movie's coming out and it looks really bad. So real excited about that. Love a bad movie. <laughs> I did. I did watch Nimona yesterday. Finally, and that's not a bad movie. That was very cute and very fun. Um, speaking of okay, hating one the more. <laughs> one more final thought uh i did also watch the movie for drive my car uh which is based on the short story by murakami uh incredible film amazing it's three hours long i loved it i don't like long movies that often but this one was so good so highly recommend it hell yeah um 
Wow. Segway. We talk a lot about movies in our Discord. Well, I literally have a degree in film studies, so uh, yeah, it happens a lot. Uh, yeah, our Discord server. Thanks, Chris. Uh, <laughs> we have a Discord server for the Vorthos cast filled with Vorthoses from around the world. Uh, if that is something you are interested in being part of and you want to help support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash the Vorthos cast because everyone who supports us on Patreon can get access to our Discord. A uh, lot of exciting stuff happening now because we're in a preview season and we're talking about movies. Barbie comes out soon. Please get on our Discord before the Barbie movie comes out so you can be there when I lose my mind. I don't think I've been as excited for a movie as I have been for the Barbie movie in like a very, very, very long time. Uh, so uh, if you if you would like a place where a bunch of fun dorks hang out, uh, our Discord server is definitely that place and we'd love to see you there. Uh, but otherwise, uh, thank you all out there for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast. <laughs>